On this edition of All Things Business, the podcast, we, uh, myself and Ben, are joined by John Hewitt. Welcome, John. Um, a long-term friend of All Things Business and uh, founder of We Mind and Kelly Matters. So, John, for p- people that are unaware of yourself and the charity, just give us an introduction to yourself and how you came to be here with us today. Um, well, we lost our daughter, Kelly, um, at the end of 2018. She took her own life. Um, so we wanted to set up a charity um, as, as a legacy for her. Um, uh, we, we did that in uh, March 2019, um, initially just to fundraise for other charities, but it's since moved on quite rapidly um, from there uh, to the point where we're now providing um, frontline services for um, people that, that need counselling and support. Um, and um, yeah, we've, we've, we've gone from kind of providing nothing to Last year, we provided over 2,600 counselling sessions for free for people. Wow. Um, and we're now, um, we've got an emotional online support um, chat line, which is um, providing uh, three hours a night, 365 days of the year. It's incredible. I mean, I've, I've learned in my four years of being with All Things Business a, a massive amount about the charity. A lot of that's come from, obviously, Ben and us being involved in... Um, raising awareness when we can the challenges that you've taken to fundraise the um the changes that have taken part but ben you became aware of the charity and struck a chord straight away well yeah i mean the hewitts and the thomases have 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 been neighbors for 20 years but john and i only met each other about three years ago yeah (laughs) so um my my mum and dad live on doddington road next door but one to to wren the but one is where the caretaker, the caretaker's house or home, and uh, yeah, John's parents were caretakers there for or oh, how long? Were they there? A long time. A long, long, time. long time. So that was our family home growing up. Um, I'd, I'd, I didn't. John and I have got lots of friends in, in common, and it was during lockdown actually. Um, I went to school with a, a, a guy or a, a lad called Eugene Parbury, and. We weren't particularly close, but he was he was in my year, and you know he's still somebody that I you know say hello to, and and unfortunately he took his own life, um, and and that was at the beginning of lockdown, and there was an old, you know, down by the crown, um, the crown and anchor, yeah, on the, on on the, the embankment, embankment yeah, there's a, a clear channel is the ad agency that have the, um, it was like a, a big advertising billboard, yeah, and I came in to the office one day and I, and I rang our account manager at Clear Channel and said, look, um, and Eugene, I think, was the fifth or sixth person that, from Wellingborough that had yeah. committed suicide in... Um, sorry, committed suicide is the wrong, the wrong term, um, but took his own life in recent years. So Alex, our, one of our senior designers, and, and the rest of the team came up with this campaign which we call Wellingborough Cares, and Alex Goldsmith, the CEO of Medigold Health, um, he's a Wellingborough guy um, as well. He got wind of what we were doing. So we, we basically went halves and funded that advertising campaign for, I think it was up for about three or four months. Yeah. yeah. And then I remember where I was in my kitchen when you rang me yeah. and um, that phone call really, it was, it was just, I'll, I'll never forget that phone call. It was probably about 45 minutes and, 
you know, there's a few tears certainly in my end because I, I'd, I'd heard what John and his family had, had gone through and it's, it's about seeing how we can make a difference. Um, and, you know, my, my thoughts on, on mental health, I think every uh, that is the pandemic. It was the pandemic before the pandemic and, if anything, it's probably got bigger since. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that, yeah. yeah. And, and here we are at Mental Health Awareness Week raising awareness because one of the big things that I've that I've found is with the national charities a bit like with the the national health system they can't they can't cope and if you were to ring other mental health charities that are national you'd probably struggle to speak to a counselor within a, a month John I think some of them are on 6 months yeah and no. you if you just think to yourself how that individual must be to ask for help and then to be told they can't speak to somebody for as long as that and that and that's something that that I'm really proud to see the charity uh, do because I think we're turning um turning calls around within a couple of days yeah so they get they uh, we make contact with them within uh, 48 72 hours um and they're in front of a counselor within a week no. basically um there's no waiting list um we're just in a fortunate position where, um, because we're a young charity, um, we, we we haven't got a waiting list. I mean, I'm guessing at some point that it, it will get extended um, because, you know, even in the last 12 months, we've seen the, the figures have risen as as people have become more and more aware of us. Um, the, the, the numbers is staggering, the number of people that, that contact you and say they're struggling. Um, for various reasons, it's, you know, it's it's right across the board, and and this is where I've, I I was having this conversation with somebody a couple of weeks ago. Everybody is, sadly knows someone that's died of cancer. I think cancer's touched everybody, and the st- statistics are, are actually worse now than what they were maybe ten years ago. Yeah. It I used to be one in four, but I think it's everybody. Uh, well, yeah, I think yeah, one in two. It was, was yeah. the, one, one of the campaigns that I, I saw, and I do feel that with with mental health it's more people now know somebody that's suffering or is, or has suffered with with mental health problems and men in particular i think we are the ones that struggle to sometimes say i mean we did that podcast with razor a couple of months ago and it, and he he compared it to like in his case he was down in the dumps but if you're drowning you put your hand up yeah but men don't know how, how to, and, and and women of course as well. But I think there's a, it's a big it's a big conversation to have. But actually, it's a really simple one. I think the most alarming thing for me is from from just learning from what John's just said. Then the the hardest part of that situation, and we've all been in it, is asking for help. Hmm. But to ask for help to to quote Razor to put your hand up that you're drowning, and somebody takes six months to jump in and save you. That's that's mind blowing. It's too long. It's, way it's, too it's long. far too long. So yeah. be able to to turn that round and have that conversation and get somebody in front of a counsellor in that time, that's that's incredible. What what would you like to see, John, happen on a national basis? So uh, Dr. Alex has been appointed. Um, I've forgotten his surname, but Dr. Alex has been yeah, appointed no, as yeah. um, uh, I think an ambassador to the government. He's got a government a role within government around mental health ambassador role. Yeah. What would you like to see happen fast forward to two years time to happen on a national basis? I think the government have got to take it seriously, to be honest. The, 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 
the, the problem, I mean, it, it isn't just mental health. I mean, the NHS is drowning, to be fair. Um, uh, somehow we've got to find more money to fund the NHS full stop, but certainly the mental health side, it's got to be taken more seriously. I know, like you say, they've, they've, they've kind of appointed Dr. Alex, but um, I think in this country, we spend too long talking about things and not actually doing actioning and things. We, we, need, we need some doers in government that are going to actually sit down and, and, and put things in place and make them happen rather than just talk about them and talk about, oh, you know, we've committed X amount of million pounds to this, that and the other. Um, and do you think that uh, that can start within education and supporting y youngsters as they're going? Yeah, we, we definitely need to support our youngsters more. Um, the, 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 the problem that I find, it, or the, the, the way I, I feel about it, is that with our generation and our, our fathers and our grandfathers, our great-grandfathers, we were the ones that have caused this issue. And our kids and grandchildren are going to pay the price for it um you know it, we we were brought up to kind of dust ourselves off and not speak about things and not complain and not not cry and things like that but actually i think the younger generation are aware that they can express their emotions more um but we, we've kind of caused this tidal wave where it's just not acceptable to kind of like you say, put your hand up and say I'm drowning. It's, it's certainly from a from a, a male point of view. Um, my, my dad in 1990, he had a breakdown. He was um, my, my dad did as well. In 90, I think it might have been yeah around 1990s. He was in, and I was I was eight, seven, eight at the time, and I remember it like it was yesterday. And I don't have, I mean, they're not happy memories, but they weren't necessarily very sad. Looking back at it there's certain things that I remember that I was just, you know, it, they'll always stick with me, but he's my hero. And when I started talking about mental health openly, I th it was probably, it was probably around the Wellingborough care camp, Wellingborough cares campaign. So three, four years ago, my dad pulled me to one side and he said, son, are you, are you sure you want to do this? I was like, yeah, why? He said, it's a taboo subject. Yeah. It's a taboo subject. And he was trying to look out for me because of, uh, and, I, I, I then had to have a more detailed conversation to understand his perspective. And, he, you know, he's a bit older than us, so he he perhaps isn't um, as more widely aware now of of society and community as what, as what he perhaps was. But then he gave me examples of how we had certain family members and friends of our family that just dropped us. And when I say dropped us, my mum didn't drive. She's a school teacher, as, as you know. Um, my dad was the the main breadwinner, if you like, he was the only one that drove and um, he was in St. Andrew's hospital for eight weeks. And yeah, my mum felt incredibly lonely at the time. And I did, and this is stuff that I've only really learned about in recent years, but even now, or up until a few years ago, dad and mum still thought that mental health was a bit of a taboo subject yeah. and they didn't want, they wanted to protect me from telling that story or f from sharing that. You could probably imagine what I said to them. Yeah, yeah. In terms of, <laughs> yeah. I repeat it. Well, yeah, yeah, but it, I, I do believe that because I think if you if you don't know anybody that's had mental health challenges or you haven't had any mental health challenges yourself, you're a very very lucky person, and you're definitely the minority in this country now. Hmm. I think the irony is probably the wrong word, but as John said, it's come full circle that your parents are trying to protect you from it to not talk about it. But the knock-on effect of that is not talking about it, 
is you've got two decisions to make, right? Yep. One's make a phone call to the charity, and, and one we don't we don't ever want to happen. So it is it's it's educating more people that it's okay to not be okay and to reach out and talk to somebody because if you don't, if we all just shut it down, it's it, it's not good. It's not good. The, the flip side of that as well is that people get. If you're on the other side of that and you see somebody struggling, then there's nothing wrong with approaching them and asking them if they're okay yeah. and actually helping them to get the help that they need. Um, and a, a classic example of that is we did a um, a, a beer mat campaign mm, yeah. um, before Christmas, um, and I think we we got the beer mats and the and the the bar coasters in sixty odd sixty odd uh, pubs around Northamptonshire. Yeah, and somebody. Um, th- this was early this year. Um, contacted the charity. Um, they'd decided that they'd had enough. They were going to take their own life. Um, they'd been out and bought what they needed needed to do it, and um, it was going to be on this certain day. And somebody handed them one of our beer mats. Um, and just that simple action of, you know, I know you're not okay. Look, please contact these guys. Is actually potentially save that person's life yeah, well it, it, it did it's very powerful um, and when when you hear about that you, it's all, you don't know how many people you've saved but you know that you're making a difference and you are saving people's lives yeah. the charity's definitely uh, yeah. def- definitely making a difference yeah. like you say we could, we could never say how many how many lives are being saved um, but um, yeah I mean you know we get feedback from, from people that come in and have counselling and, and, and it's 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 all, it's all positive and it's all, you know, it's all, um, they're appreciative that there's somebody there. You know, once they realise that there's somebody there to help them, they're, they're appreciative that, you know, they can get in front of us and they can talk to somebody that's going to help them kind of figure things out, work things out and put them in, in, into, you know, some sort of order. That's what it is. We couldn't, just, we bang the drum and shout from the rooftops all the time that there's there's always somebody there to help you. Yeah. No, no matter yeah, absolutely, how no yeah. matter how lonely yeah. you are, what time of the day it is, there is somebody there that you can speak to. And they care. It's not just a it's not just a job. It's a it's a it's a passion. It's 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 something they care deeply about. It's, yeah, it's helping correct. people. Yeah. And Sher- Sherry Adams, who's the C- CEO of the charity. Yeah. I mean, she's she's pretty special. I, I mean, I I just couldn't I couldn't do her job. I think the, no, because she does such an amazing job um, for the charity. But she also counsels people herself as and, and has, has helped. I would imagine hundreds of people in 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 her career to date. Yeah, she 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 runs the charity. Um, you know, as as a family, we're just there in the background to help facilitate the finances and and fundraising and things like that. Sherry runs it on a day, daily basis. Um, like you say, she's a, a, a qualified counsellor as well. Um, but the other thing, I hope she doesn't mind me saying, but you know, she gives her time up for the Samaritans and, and things like that. So she goes to um, you know some of the festival weekends and, and whatever. And she, she's just one of those incredible people. There's, there's there's numerous people associated with the charity that that are just they're just amazing. Like you say, I, I couldn't do it. And that leads us on. So, Wendell Walker's um, just taken place, which is which tens of thousands of people participate in, and the charity has changed the name slightly. 
So we, we, we started the charity, or you started the charity show, sorry, as We Mind and Kelly Matters. Just talk yeah. us through the name change. Well, so the, the, the name, I remember myself and Kelly's mum and, and sister Amy um, stood in my kitchen and, you know, it, it was only a few months after we'd lost Kelly, we were still in shock. We were still incredibly angry at Kelly's employer um, for the way they treated her. And the name kind of came about, really, it was born out of frustration and anger. Um, we, we mind and Kelly matters. Um, but it's become apparent over the last three or four years that um, it does cause confusion um, with some people. Um, it's a really long-winded name. Um, it's got the word mind in there, which mind is a charity in its own right anyway. Um, and over the past three years, we've we've been doing some quite large fundraising um, events like cycling um, uh, under the banner of Kelly's Heroes. Um, and that just seems to be the name that's more kind of associated with the charity. Um, so we had a trustee meeting a few weeks ago um, and decided that we were going to change the name to Kelly's Heroes. So that, that that's now going to, you, you'll start seeing that come through on social media and, 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 you know, in all the literature and everything else that we produce. Brilliant. And um, looking ahead to end of August, You've got two big fundraising yeah, events? we've got a, a joint um, Kelly's Heroes and Wellingborough Golf Club um, golf day on the 31st of August. Um, and it, it will be a full day, this, this golf, and then uh, in the marquee in the evening for the dinner. Um, and they're going to put some entertainment on as well. Um, and then on the Saturday, the 2nd of September, again at the golf club, there's uh, in the marquee, there's going to be a, a summer ball take place. Um, and the details will be published over the coming weeks uh, over social media and on the website brilliant um business owners or or, or people that listen to this and and but they're employed by a company that perhaps don't have uh, a mental health support service for their employees how how can they work with kelly's heroes or how can kelly's heroes work with them um to to support their workforce so we're already working with some businesses, um, admittedly, predominantly from the industry that I've, I've kind of grown up in. Um, but basically, we're we're kind of um, people are making donations, or or they're or they're actually um, uh, paying for the for the mental health first aid training courses, um, suicide awareness and prevention courses. Um, th- th- there's a lot of courses that we offer that people don't necessarily know about that um you know we can go into businesses and 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 basically help to train their employees um the 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 managers the directors um to make them more aware of 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 mental health and suicide prevention brilliant so if, if somebody listening to this hasn't got a charity of the year they love playing golf or they haven't got a any mental health first aiders and just out, do you know uh, is that um, is that like a ratio? Like for every hundred staff, you need to have two. Or? I, 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 I I don't know to be but, honest. But I'm every business, sure. I know we've got Sherry we've got two here. Yeah, we've we? got Sherry two here. We've we've embraced it hugely. Um, I, I think one thing as well, probably for people again with with Kelly's Heroes, how important that is. You only touch lightly on the fundraising that you've done, the challenges that you've done, but, but my wording might be wrong, but you're almost under sold what you've done there 
on a number of occasions. The first one, cycling from Land's End to John O'Groats, or the, the, or the, the other way, way around. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. End, I knew yeah. I'd get one part wrong. Um, <laughs> how much money you raised for the charity? Just In the two cycle rides, um, over 300,000. Which yeah. is a phenomenal amount of money. It's, it's certainly helped to kind of roll out these services. So then that you take the the three hundred thousand pound and the the was it the two thousand and six counselling sessions that have been uh so twenty 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 one was four hundred and fifty five counselling sessions, twenty twenty two was over two thousand six hundred. It's phenomenal. So And it'll be more than that this year, won't it? Yeah, it's it's running it's increasing. So when we talk to to businesses about not having a charity of the year or wanting to get involved with fundraising, you can see directly there the the, the correlation between the money raised and and, and how it's used. And like we just said, that's going to get bigger, unfortunately. Yeah, and obviously I'm getting older, so I can't can't keep doing these bike rides every year. But um, we've got another one kind of loosely planned for 2025 but before we come yeah. on to that just for people listening or watching this the second ride that was across america uh it was across europe and america so we started on um world suicide prevention day 10th of september down in northern spain um cycled up through the pyrenees across the alps um cycled over mont Ventoux, which is one of the tour de france um mountains that they race over um uh, up round Geneva and finished up in um, in Germany. Um, that took ten days. That was I think that was about nineteen hundred miles in total. And then we drove home uh, the following early the following morning. And two days later, jumped on a plane, flew out to New York and cycled from New York to San Francisco. Um, finishing, we crossed the Golden Gate Bridge on the tenth of October, which is World Mental Health Day. Which obviously the um, the Golden Gate Bridge is is pretty synonymous with yeah, um, yeah. with suicide. So twenty twenty five. What's the loose loose plan? I, I haven't got. I, I just. There's <laughs> going to be a ride. We haven't actually. It, we're going to. Um, I don't know. How you top that? No. Yeah, well, yeah. I, 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 in all honesty, I don't know. And and when we finished the last one, I said never again. Um, not because of the cycling, but more to do with the organising because it took me eighteen months to put it all together but um i've had a bit of a break now and i've recharged my batteries so <laughs> um we're gonna we're gonna this summer we're gonna start working on planning planning for that and actually next year while i'm talking about it um one of the ladies that did the european ride with us sarah ball she's um she's climbing kilimanjaro next september 2024 oh, so she's putting a team of about 20 people together and they're, they're going to do that to raise funds and awareness for us as well excellent it's phenomenal and that's all the people that are involved in it, all the, the individuals that are aligned with the charity, the businesses that have supported and raised that awareness. Yeah. And that's a that's a, a a huge community born out of, obviously, a, a hugely tragic scenario. But that shows there's a huge group of people that are making a difference and yeah. will continue to make a difference. And, yeah, you just need to keep talking about it and getting people involved. Yeah, and I think businesses. When when you said about what, you know, how how can businesses get involved? I mean, the thing is, every day people are going off sick, and you know, I used to be an em- employer, and um, you'd you'd always be kind of frowning on the people that that regularly didn't turn up. But we never really took the time. You know, I've, I I was definitely ignorant in the past before we lost Kelly, um, 
but it doesn't actually mean they're just necessarily throwing a sickie just for the sake of throwing a sickie. Some people physically cannot get out of bed because they're struggling that much. Um, and, you know, anxiety and depression takes over. Um, and, um, you know, I think employers these days need to take more of a responsibility towards their employees, the, the, the welfare of their employees. Um, it's not just a, you only care about you when you walk in the door, when you walk out the door, it's nothing to do with us. I think it's, you, it's not, it's, it's a round the clock thing, to be honest, with mental health. You mentioned earlier about Kelly's employer. Are you happy to talk about that? Are you, are you allowed to talk about that? Um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I'm more than happy to talk about it. But. Um, for those that, that, uh, that may not be aware, just if you if you can, just give us a, a summary of how of how that escalated to the tragic circumstances that, end, that ended? Well, she took an overdose in the September. Um, and as far as we knew as a family, um, she was being supported um, by like an external body that, that her employer um, brought in as like a, like a welfare um, company that comes in and looks after their, their staff. Um, but it escalated from there to um, uh, she was she wasn't supposed to be um, doing certain parts of her job, um, but one manager would let her do them, another manager wouldn't. Um, she was walking around with a bandage on her arm, um, and and managers in one of the investigations that happened afterwards, they admitted that they knew that she was self harming and that she was um, she was kind of um, abusing her medication. Um, because she was regularly running out of tablets. Um, and even with this bandage on her arm, nobody actually asked her what it was. And m my point to that is if she came in on crutches with a plaster on her, you know, with a plaster cast on her leg, they'd ask her what happened to her leg. How did she break a bone in the leg? But they shied away from the fact that she'd got this bandage on her arm um, because they were aware of it, but they weren't comfortable talking about it. Um, and it got to the point just before Christmas where at the Christmas party she confided in a colleague that she was going to take her own life over Christmas while her mum and sister were out of the country. Um, that person broke that confidence, rightly so, um, went to uh, one of the main people in the organisation um, and, and had the conversation with them and they didn't do anything about it. Um, in fact, they actually made it worse because the day that she took her own life, they actually pulled her in and confronted her over something that was she was she was involved in, but she wasn't she wasn't responsible for. She she kind of she, she had a bit part play in it. Um, but again, my argument was she shouldn't have been put in that position in the first place because she wasn't she she, she shouldn't have even been at work. To be fair, um, and I think that the meeting on that day was designed to kind try and force her out of the business because it was just too complicated for them and it was too messy and it was taking up too much time. So they tried to kind of force her to leave, but actually what it did was it it was the final nail that or it was the final straw that broke the camel's back. And she went home and the rest is history. John, I um I just want to say thank you for sitting down with us today and sharing it um i'm sure this is definitely going to make a difference to other people you and um your family have 
definitely made a difference and helped to save hundreds, if not thousands of people so far. And um, we, yeah, we, we, we just want to keep supporting you in, in, in the awareness and the pushing of, of everything we can do. And um, yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. Cheers, Fraser. Thank you.